Hello, I'm Megan Gray and you're listening to Vocal Girls and Tomorrow Magazine's Change the Record podcast. This week I'm speaking to the incredible Arlo Parks. I'd lick the grief right off your lips You do your eyes like Robert Smith Despite all the surprises that 2020 has thrown at us, Arlo has managed to accomplish things some musicians can only dream of, and she's only just getting started. The 20-year-old singer-songwriter from South West London has been on the cover of NME, had her music played across daytime Radio 1 and 6 music, won BBC Introducing Artists of the Year, and gained fans including the likes of Billie Eilish, Phoebe Bridges and Florence Welch. Arlo's medicinal music has provided salvation at a worldly moment of need, brilliantly tackling difficult topics like depression with her singles Black Dog and Hurt. In this episode, we talk about early musical influences, how she's coped with this year of change, as well as what's to expect from our highly anticipated debut album, Collapsed in Sunbeams, which is due for release on the 29th of Jan. I think it's been, as it's been for everyone, like a roller coaster. I think I've had, I mean, I finished my album during lockdown. Congratulations. Thank you. So exciting. <laughs> it's exciting, yeah, it's really exciting. But then obviously there were moments where it was like, you know, you just became really aware of the fact that it felt like everything was crumbling around you. And yeah. there was that sense of like, wait, what's the point of even making music? Like, yeah. what am I doing? You know, those existential moments. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you're definitely, of all people, not one that needs to doubt that because <laughs> I think Stop. we can all agree what your music has done for the world this year has been so special. Oh, thank you. Um, so you've obviously had an amazing year career-wise. Like, mm. it's been incredible. You've been on the front cover of NME. You've got oh. A-list on the um, Radio 1 and Radio mm-hmm. 6. So how has it kind of been processing all of this change in a year where you kind of almost can't see the tangible side of yeah. it? Yeah, that's something I was talking about, actually, earlier with one of my mates. It's weird because... You know, although I am on the cover or, you know, being played and it feels amazing, but also, you know, I'm just like at home, like with my mum, just like eating (laughs) dinner. Do you know what I mean? There's no, it doesn't feel like my life has been like turned upside down, even though in a way it kind of has. So I think in a way, actually having weirdly, like being inside, like with my family and not really having all this madness all the time has kind of kept me grounded in a way yeah but I think it's interesting as well how like the world was kind of standing still but then like my career was evolving and it felt strange to reconcile like that parallel yeah I can imagine and it kind of all happened digitally really Mm, exactly and I guess when you kind of eventually were allowed to get back out there Mm. I bet it'll be a real kind of shock to the system like definitely gigging and seeing like the mass of people there I think I mean, the kind of human side of music is, like, the most important part of it for me. You yeah. know, even if it's, like, you know, just meeting fans or, like, meeting other musicians, being yeah. able to hang out, talk about process, talk about the songs. And that's something I've really been craving. So I feel like when that comes back, it's going to be banging. And I'm guessing, like, my album will probably be out by then. So it'll be a whole other experience. Exciting. Super- <laughs> <laughs> so you do you have a kind of... Has there been a real, like, pinch-yourself moment? There have been a few, I think, over lockdown. Like, I think a lot of them have been surrounding, like, people 
who I really look up to, yeah. like, kind of giving me a nudge. Like, when, like, Billie Eilish was talking about me or, like, when I did the BBC, like, piano session with Phoebe Bridges. And, I love that. It's and amazing. That was, that was so... I was, like, shook. <laughs> I was so shook. Because I've been listening to Exchanges in the Alps for, like, three years. And then, you know, and it just feels like... Just like, what is happening? <laughs> it was crazy. And also, like, playing Glastonbury as well when there was, like, nobody there. And it was, yeah. like, so surreal. Like, on TV in front of, like, millions of people and stuff. But, yeah, I think that, like, having a lot of those, like, little moments has, like, kind of kept me so kind of excited and optimistic yeah. um, about music. Because yeah. it feels like, you know, people, because people are inside, I guess there has been that sense of, like, people reaching out and wanting to connect even if it is digitally so yeah that's been positive do you get nervous when things like that happen like when you did when you like meet phoebe bridges and stuff i don't feel nervous i don't know i think i just try and i think in the moment like i'll be like ah <laughs> and then i guess you just kind of realize the fact that it's just like a person like yeah. who loves music and that you know you always have that thing in common when yeah. you're not, when you're like having chats and you know, I think everyone that I've met who has had success in music has just been, like, just a human being. Yeah. Like, you know, just a creative person with their, like, weird things and their cool things, like everyone else, yeah. you know. It's important to bear that in mind, I think. What song did you choose for yesterday? So I picked Sitting on the Dog of the Bay by Otis Redding. It's a beautiful song. It is a beautiful song. I remember listening to this. It's like one of my first musical memories. Um, and I remember just being in the car with my dad when I was like six or something. And I just remember being so like soothed. Yeah. And like centered. And even though I didn't really, I mean, I, I understood what he was saying. and But it was more about like the tone of his voice. I really like believed what he was saying and wanted to listen. Definitely. Um. And that, whenever I hear that song, there's that sense of, like, nostalgia to me. Yeah. I, it's weird, because Otis Redding makes me feel the same. It's mm. kind of like this blanket over yeah, you, isn't it? exactly. And um, it's interesting you say about the car, because it's so, in, like, so many people's first memories mm. of connecting with music is in the car. Yeah. 100%. I just I don't know why that is. It's just obviously like the thing of looking out the window. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it yeah. all kind of sinking in. Yeah, a hundred percent. Also, because I mean, I um my mum is French, so we would spend a lot of our summers in the south of France. And we'd drive from London all the way to the south of France. It'd be like eighteen hours in the car. Wow. And so that would just be, you know, just like music nonstop or like weird audiobooks. Like my dad had like five audiobooks and it would just be like <laughs> the same ones over and over again. So I got to know Treasure Island really well. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so sitting in the car was like definitely where I absorbed like a lot of my music when I was a kid. Um, my favourite Otis Redding song, I think, is These Arms of Mine. Ah, oh, yeah. I love so that. So good. Maybe when was the first time that you connected with music in such a way that you were like, this is what I have to do? Hmm, okay. Um, I think when I... Either when, like, King Cruel's first record came out and I heard Baby Blue or, like, Out Getting Ribs or something like that because I was, like, 13. Yeah. And I just remember... You know, it was just, like, a guy from, like, London just making this, like, guitar music that was so 
like outside of anything I'd ever heard before. Mm. And I just felt so moved by it, but it also had this like simplicity to it that made me feel like it was something that I could try. Um, Cause I had a guitar at home and I had garage band. Um, but I think also when I saw Lil Kana um, live, when I was like 15, I think, in Shepherd's Bush, and I, it was my first ever like show that I'd been to, like a proper one. And I remember just leaving the venue and just being like, I want to make people feel how I felt today. Wow. I just remember that so distinctly. Like, I wrote it in my journal and everything. Well, you know? how did it make you feel? I think I felt like, you know, everyone in the room was there experiencing something at exactly the same time. And everyone, like, no matter where they were from or their age or whatever, was just, like, kind of united by mm. like their love of music um and there was just this sense of like electricity like you know you can feel the bass like in your whole body yeah. and you just feel so immersed in the experience like every all the dramas and the, everything else feels like peripheral because you're just in this room 100%. for like this hour that's what i love about gigs yeah oh god that's just really made me like that is exactly it mm. why gigs are so special mm. and i remember like my first festival experience thinking that mm. exact same thing it was like this is like its own world yeah when nothing else exists outside of it and it's so amazing it's so amazing like for that weekend or whatever everyone just kind of it's just for the music and yeah. like it feels like you're literally just in a, not another world i know oh i miss it so much i know it's so special i remember mm. i had um obviously there's a lot of gigs that kind of give you that amazing feeling and they're meant to actually boost serotonin as well mm. so we're all lacking that at the moment really <laughs> <laughs> um but i saw angel olsen at the oh start of this year yeah same Wait, um, that happens with the yeah. yeah yeah i was there <laughs> i don't know whether you felt the same but i was like oh my god it's like everyone mm. is having their own personal yeah. moment here mm. but we're also all having it together oh it was weird it was so weird because i think because of the nature of her music like everyone has like a memory or like something that they just get yeah. thrown back into like i remember when she was saying like all my life i thought i'd changed like over and over again and i was just like ah <laughs> i was just like dying like with my manager just there like i need a moment <laughs> I mean, but, like, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. That that new album is like, I mean, what an album! Oh my God, I can't. The line that I love is, um, "The city's changed. It's not what it was back when you loved me." I was like, Oof. <laughs> "Oh, <laughs> damn!" No, she has those like one-liners that just like get you, boom, in the heart. Yeah, it's um, I think the combination of the, the like, fierceness of her voice, mm. and then the vulnerability yeah it. oh my god because when i listen i think like my woman is like the album that i always go back to and it's like it goes from like shut up kiss me to like pops when her yeah. voice is literally breaking yeah. and i was just like oh it's so good yeah she's really amazing good. so i guess that's quite kind of late on then that you realized that you definitely wanted to be mm. a musician so were you always kind of playing music and yeah i mean so i Learned, I had like piano lessons when I was young and then I just kind of didn't want to do it anymore. Like I wanted to do jazz and my teacher was like, no. So I was like, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> uh, and then I did guitar when I was like 13, 14. Um, and then, yeah, from then like 14, 15, I started kind of making beats on GarageBand and like, you know, playing acoustic little songs, yeah. trying to kind of figure it out. But I think I always just expected that I would... 
Like, even until last year, like, I was supposed to go to UCL and do English Lit. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That was, like, my plan. Wow. Like, like, since I was, like, young, because I always loved writing. So I was like, oh, I'll do that and, like, I don't know, like, be a lawyer or, like, a journalist. Cool. And then I was like, oh, I guess maybe not. That's so interesting. So mm. it wasn't like this was the only... No, I think it was always something that was very much my own little, like, private ritual. Like, I was so hesitant to tell people, like, oh, I want to be a musician. Yeah. I thought people would be a bit like, oh, okay, (laughs) you know? It's like, that's the thing that kind of sucks. Like, when you're a kid and you say you want to be, like, you know, an actor or a painter Mm. or a musician, adults are kind of a bit like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent as a hobby or something. Yeah, they're like, doesn't everyone want to do that? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Exactly, that's what I always say. Yeah. So you always say that you write a lot of poetry and stuff. Mm. So it's clearly all come a lot of it from a love of literature. Mm. Is that where you usually start off a song in the writing? Yeah, like for me, the writing is like the most important part of it. Like yeah. the lyrics always come from usually I'll write like for 10 minutes just a kind of like stream of consciousness thing to kind of tap into my subconscious because I feel like the most important thing about writing lyrics is about being like honest with yourself yeah because I found myself writing in my diary and then I'm like why like no it didn't actually happen that I'm like yeah. why are you lying like no one's romanticizing it <laughs> exactly so I think like when you write continuously you can't get in the way of yourself yeah so that's what I do and I read like a lot of poetry Literature as well. Like, I went to Dorton and I just got like 10 books the other day. I don't know why. I just love reading like, and I read quite fast. But as I read, I always like write notes of like words or like choices of words or like phrases that are arranged in a certain way that I like. And then yeah. sometimes I like reference back to them when I'm trying to like describe a situation on my own. I feel like I take ages on a book because mm. of that. Like I'll see a bit that I like, I'm like, wow and then I just keep (laughs) rereading it I like that that's good though that's a good thing I know that feeling though when you read something and you're like whoa yeah like it just like I love I think I live for that feeling like even if it's like a song or like a painting or something that you see and you just like can't yeah tear your eyes away like you're just impacted by it I mean that's something that's really struck me about your music because I'm I'm really lyrics obsessed as well mm. and when I find a song that I love the first thing I do is google Google's the lyrics yeah. and I just read through it and that's for me when I, the song goes from me liking it to me being like fuck this is mm. amazing mm. Um, and that's what I found with your music this oh, year it's beautiful if you could describe the relationship that you have with music what would you say that was? Mm. I think a complicated one I think it's like, you know, I think it's like what I think about all day, every day. But at the same time, inspiration is like so fleeting, like it ebbs and flows, which can be quite frustrating. Yeah, I'm um, sure. But at the same time, it's like the thing that like brings me the most joy in the world. And I feel like it's really a tool for like healing, like personally, and also like, you know, creating connections in others, between others and helping people. But I feel like for me, it's just always been something like that I just really like, it feels personal. Yeah. Like it's a way for me to express myself and process situations. Like when I'm confused about something, I'll just write a song. Like it just makes sense to me to do that. And it's just always been a very kind of instinctive connection between music. And I've never really like, 
studied it or like thought about it in like mechanical terms it's just all very like emotional to me yeah mm. and does it feel like a release when you're able to put how you feel into a song mm, definitely like i it's it's weird but you know if i'm like going through something and then i manage to like write something beautiful or like put it into something like make it into something that makes sense or has yeah. the potential to help other people then it does feel like ah oh, like okay you know i've done something with this like i feel better about it yeah what song did you pick for your today and why um you're so precious by james wake this is so beautiful it is so beautiful i had this it only came out like a few weeks ago months ago i can't remember but it's like a recent tune yeah. from this year and i don't know the lines like i take the calls you don't want to i take the hair in your food i was I'm gonna say like, to you about this line it's amazing oh my god and it's just like the delicacy of his voice and those like little like claps and little like textures it just makes it feel so intimate like i'm kind of in i don't know and it's just so like just like a pure love song do you know what I mean it's just so like he, you can see that he's so like filled with like admiration yeah for the person that he's with yeah and it's just so like simple and beautiful I love it yeah I loved that line I'd take the hair and you I mean that's real love isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah and it's such like a strange line but it just makes so much sense like yeah. I love it I really love that line I don't think reminds me that slightly of do you know the john cooper clark poem i want to be your, well i want to be yours and the arctic monkeys covered it and made it that song oh is that oh is that where it's from yeah oh my god i didn't even never even notice that yeah it's a, so it's a cover okay. of john cooper clark but the lyrics in that song and it's like i want to be your, your vacuum, vacuum cleaner, cleaner breathing in your dust, dust. yes <laughs> it's like that isn't it it is it is i think i i really i don't know it's poetry. I, I find it, it's like when you read those lyrics, especially when you could just like read them off a page and they're yeah. just still as beautiful. You know what I mean? When you can like go on like Genius or whatever you use and you just read it through and it's like, whoa. Yeah. Like I had that recently with this band called Big Thief. I don't know if yeah, you Yeah, know, amazing. But like this song called Orange and I was just like, oh my God, it's so good. Wow. It's like, I, I remember, you should listen to it for sure because it's so like the way that she writes is so... Like, oh, I don't know. It feels so like visceral, but yeah. it's also quite like surreal. And there's lots of like metaphors and like twisting and turning. But yeah. I find that with um a lot of Fontaine's DC lyrics, mm. like, and I think they're in some ways, especially their first album, is quite misunderstood because people because it's quite loud. Mm. People are like turned off by it. But Definitely. then actually, when you read, and they're like all poets as well, and it's like whoa, mm. it kind of bears a whole new meaning. And I yeah. love that when a song hits you for the second time in a different way do you know what I mean? no I know exactly what you mean and I feel like sometimes you know when people listen even like bands like idols and stuff you know yeah. like people like dismiss it because they're like oh so true. it's just loud and like shouty but it's yeah. like if you actually listened yeah. then you would know <laughs> that it's not <laughs> yeah so kind of on that I um 
I watched you on The Whole Truth the other night. Yeah. And mm. in as part of that, you read the lyrics to your song, Her. Mm. And I almost cried when, really? I, when I was watching that. It's the repetition when you're saying, won't hurt so much forever. And it really remind the repetition of it really reminds me. Have you seen Good Will Hunting? Yes. Yeah. Do you know when Robin Williams is saying to Matt Damon in the counselling session and he's saying, it's not your fault? It's not, yeah, yeah. And he, every time he says it, it's like it sinks in more mm. and he starts to believe it more every time it's yeah. said. And there's something so powerful about the repetition of saying something mm. until it goes in. 100%. And I feel like that with your song, Hurt. Mm. It's beautiful. Thank you. I definitely feel that way I think the idea of like having like some kind of like mantra or like having a phrase repeated over and over again it just kind of slowly like embeds it mm. more and more and more until it's part of you and you believe it I know you can't let go of anything at the moment just know it won't hurt so won't hurt so much forever won't hurt so much so do you want to tell me a little bit about um, why you wrote that song yeah, I think, so I wrote it in, like, January of 2020, and I was just feeling like I wanted to create something that felt, like, uplifting. Like, I just read some Audre Lorde, and there was this quote, pain will either change or end, that I really liked. And it, I wanted to create something that felt, I don't know, just almost had this sense of, like, resilience, and, like, I just wanted it to be a song that helped people keep going when they're in dark spaces people who are grieving or people who who were just not feeling great that day you know I wanted it to be something you could put on in the morning and it would kind of put a positive spin on your day and I was really inspired by like Michael Kiwanuka kind of like inflows production and by like Motown but also by like spoken word Mm. um and it all I hadn't seen Luca who's who's the producer that I work with for like months and months and we just holed up in this Airbnb in Dalston. And, like, that was the first song that we wrote together. And it came out in, like, a few minutes. Wow. Obviously, it was just, like, boom. Just, like, everything just poured out of me. Like, I still have the voice note on my phone where I basically just, like, sung it in. I don't know where it came from in me. But it was very much like a... And we didn't edit it afterwards. Amazing. We just wrote it all in one go, yeah. Cool. So it's, like, real organic. Mm. And that's kind of... I mean, it seems to have come at the exact right time that everyone needed it. The same with Black Dog. Mm. It seems to have been the music that everyone was really looking for and needed. Mm. Um, And how does it feel to know that a song, I know Black Dog was about a friend of yours. Mm. How does it feel to know that a song that you wrote for something personal has now connected and resonated with so many people and helped them? Hmm. I mean, it, it, it's a beautiful thing. It's kind of the power of music in a way. Like, the fact that it is about, you know, when you write a song, it's through your lens. It's about your subjective experience. Mm. And then people ascribe their own meanings to it. Like, there are like a million different meanings to a song. Yeah. Because, you know, everyone has individual lives and pasts. And, but I think what I always want is to make like the hyper specific feel universal i want people to hear something and be like oh my god that reminds me of yeah this person or oh this reminds me of, of when i was trying to get through this thing i think the music that i love when you think about like 
I don't know, forever, forever ago, like Bonneville yeah, yeah, yeah. or, or like Elliot Smith or something, and you you just immediately like feel it so viscerally, even though they're talking about very personal things. Mm. But that's the power of it. Mm. And does that encourage you to be more vulnerable in your music, would you say? Mm. Definitely. I mean, I feel like being vulnerable and being genuine is the only way that you can like really connect to people because you know I'm there's no point in writing about something that doesn't feel real and doesn't feel close to the bone I feel like I always have this sense of like nerves like Mm. before I release it because I'm like oh my god I'm like exposed to the world yeah but that means that I'm kind of pushing myself and then I'm talking about something that feels important to me um it's like an indication that you're doing it right yeah I guess so and the music that I love is like that as well yeah exactly and you are an ambassador for calm Mm -hmm. campaign against living miserably Mm -hmm. why is it so important to you to support that charity because you know they're providing free support for people who are like at their lowest points Mm -hmm. and i think it's kind of my duty as a person with a platform to kind of spread awareness and make people realize that asking for help is never like something that they should be ashamed about Mm. something that they should actively do and I think you know it's just they're taking care of people yeah and that's like what we should all be doing more I think um and you know their mission really aligns with with what I stand for in terms of wanting to to help others Mm. and, and lift people up and a lot of the people around me have struggled with mental health as well a lot of people close to me so you know, it's been my mission from the beginning to kind of open up those conversations and I just feel like what they're doing is really important. Yeah, it's mm. amazing. I think, obviously, suicide, unfortunately, is the biggest killer of men under 45. Wow. And I saw a stat yesterday, actually, I'm going to get this right, that said the rate of suicide in women under 25 has increased by 93% since 2012. 93%? Yeah. My goodness. It's... Wow it's terrifying and it's not it's not a taboo issue it's Mm. a real thing that's happening all the time we Mm. need to normalize talking about it and that's Mm. something that your music is doing so that's amazing I mean it's what I kind of try to do I feel like so much of I don't know people I think in general just feel like they can't talk about it Mm. because they'll be judged Mm. or you know people will say they're crazy or people will push them away or not want to be friends with them anymore all of those things and I think if we work towards being open and having conversations, then more and more people will feel comfortable enough and, and know that there are spaces where they won't be judged and then can like seek help. Yeah. It's a process. hundred yeah. percent. And I think, you know, I feel really bad for men as well because they've got kind of that extra pressure of this kind of warped sense of stereotyping mm. genders that they have to be you know, tough and strong. Mm. And, and the irony is that opening up is strong. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day and I was thinking, it's not just the bad stuff that we struggle to open up on. Mm. It's, we seem to be so worried about showing when things are really amazing as mm. well. Do you know, like, if you're really in love, yeah, it's like, you don't want to be considered cringy yeah, or whatever. And I it's know. Like, why? Well, let's just experience all the realness, whether mm. it be you know the lows of the lows or the highs of the highs. We mm. need to like really share all of these things. Mm. I think people are just kind of afraid of what other people might think, 
yeah it's just it's literally that is all it is like people i don't know i think it's something that we really need to move past because i feel like we would just all feel way more in touch with each other and just way happier if we could just talk about stuff you know well this is where music comes in right because this bridges the gap between what we want to say and what Mm. we feel and i think it's an enabler Mm. for a lot of people Mm. to be able to express themselves Mm. whether they're making music or just listening to it i'd lick the grief right off your lips used in I May Destroy You yes how do you feel about that it was like so it was really surreal because like my friend sent me a video of the scene in in the program where my song was used and I was kind of like bro like stop playing my music like you know I hate it when you like play my music (laughs) in videos like I thought she was just doing it to like annoy me just like oh cola and then she was like no that's like in the program and I was like what oh my god I mean like Michaela Cole is such a force like she is like so incredible and like I don't know again that's just like an, an example for me of like how being vulnerable um and because I think like the story was drawn from her own past right yeah um is it's just connected with so many people it's like something that a lot of people didn't realize how much they needed lead me to my own devices it's better when your coca-cola eyes are out of my face i checked your phone and no surprises she's grinning from ear to ear in purple lace to be part of something like that was incredible, but yeah, I know that was a funny moment. I'm like, Stop! <laughs> Do you have um, a favorite of your songs? A favorite? I feel like maybe Black Dog, just because like it, it's so close to my heart, and it seems to have helped so many people in a way that I just never expected. Because you know, we wrote this song. I was at school still in this like apartment in like central like I was just like eating pasta and we were just like recorded it like literally just sitting on the couch like with the mic like didn't have a stand so I was like holding the like pop shield in front of it and just it was so like and it just all came tumbling out of me again and then I didn't I never expected it to like go this far Mm. um and again it was an example of like how being vulnerable can just I don't know, it's just a powerful thing, I think. And that's about supporting someone with Mm. mental health issues, because I think that's also something we don't talk about enough is people around the person that's struggling, Mm. because if you love someone and Mm. they're in severe pain, Mm. you you feel it too. Of course. And it can be extremely traumatic. Is that something that you particularly wanted to write about? Yeah, it was just what I was living at the time, like, my best mate was just, like, in, like, a really dark place, and I just didn't know what to do. Mm. Like, it was just that sense of helplessness, because obviously you you love them so much, so you would do anything, mm. but you can't do anything, because it's just, like, their mind yeah. just, like, consuming them for no reason, which is, like, the most scary thing. Mm. And it's, like, the fact that you know that they're trying... 
but it's still not working out and it just feels quite I don't know it is traumatic as you say because mm. it's that thing of being like willing to do anything but you can't yeah um and I think it is something that isn't talked about enough and it's something that I I mean I was just talking about while I was living yeah So what did you choose for your tomorrow song? Um, so I picked Juno by Choker. This is an artist that I'm obsessed with, right? So I can't remember when I found his stuff. I think it was like 2018. This album called Peak. And he is like one of those people that is such like a sensory writer. Like that's something that I really try and do. You know, it's about like what the person's wearing and what mm. what music was playing at the party and how ripe was the mango they were eating or whatever, <laughs> you know? And I can sense, like, he said that he was inspired by everything from, like, the Beach Boys to, like, hip-hop to, like, shoegaze. And there is this kind of Frank ocean like, tone yeah. to his stuff. Um, and he, like, produces it all himself. And I think he's, like, 22 or something. It's quite mysterious, wow. um, but I just love it. Like, I I was obsessed with that record, especially because it's something that is so... It's just always fluid and changing, and mm. there's just so... The structure of it is very thought through and considered. Um, but I just, like, love this song. I find it so, like, calming. It's a driving song, I think. As well. yeah. yeah. I'd never listened to this song before, so thank you for introducing mm. it to me, because huh. I loved it. As you said, it really kind of moves and changes yeah, throughout exactly why did you pick it for tomorrow i think because there is this sense of like i don't know when i listen to it i think of like summer and mm. i think of being with loved ones just like free and that's kind of what i hope for for the future like i just think about you know the possibility of like festivals and like being outside having parties like you know I yeah. feel like that's like the future that I'm like looking to at the moment yeah um but yeah it definitely makes me feel like some kind of sunshine is yeah. coming when I'm listening to it I mm. know what you mean like opening the curtains yeah exactly <laughs> why do you think the detail is so important in music to make it really connect because I think that writing a song is about telling a story that you can picture very specifically but that the listener hasn't experienced so the only way for them to be completely immersed in your world is to approach it like a film like a scene from a film that you can see perfectly and you have to describe it to them in detail for mm. them to be able to feel impacted by it like you are so including those details about like the way that someone's looking at someone or you know the shoes or yeah. how the air felt kind of creates a more complete picture I think for the person who's listening to it so definitely that's interesting actually because my last series I spoke to a band called the Clockworks Mm. an Irish band and the lead singer usually goes away and writes the music Mm. and I was asking about their process Mm. and the drummer was saying that to make the music to go with the words envisage it like a scene in a film Mm. so that they really understand the mood and the tone and everything and that's Mm. how they build the music around the words and I Mm. thought that was really interesting and that's kind of similar to what you're saying yeah I like that I feel like it's so interesting to like hear different people's processes Mm. like I was listening to that 
podcast song exploder have you listened to it no oh my god you'd love so basically (laughs) it's like they get artists everyone from like moses sumney to like fleetwood mac or mitski and to go through like the process of like how they made a song like saint vincent did one for new york i think but like you know it talks about like where the lyrics came from and how it evolved and you know oh they found this heart player from new york and added this sound and then they like isolate that stem and you just see how the songs like built up over time and I think it's so interesting to like see different people's processes, yeah. and, like, how a song comes together, different people. Yeah. So I know you said you obviously write the words first. So mm. how then do you go about adding the the melody to it? Hmm. I think for me, like, it kind of depends whether I'm writing by myself or the producer. Mm. But like, I just have like notebooks and notebooks of words essentially, and like usually, the producer will like play a chord progression, and I'll just immediately like be struck by like oh I really feel like I should ascribe this to like that poem that I wrote then Mm. and then I'll just kind of voice note like a melody and it kind of all happens at the same time it's quite like shambolic (laughs) but then and then I like voice note the melody in and then like kind of and then just transcribe the words in and try and like fit them around like what I've sung but it's quite the process is different every time but Mm. the lyrics are definitely like my starting point when I think about music yeah Mm. and you can definitely tell that Mm. yeah thank you so you've just finished your debut album Uh uh-huh how do you feel about putting that into the world it's kind of terrifying especially because it's my first one yeah but at the same time it's so exciting because like the sonic palette has like been expanded quite a bit and it's interesting it's been interesting to kind of delve into like the past and nostalgia because i wrote it during lockdown so of course, like, the world had kind of was standing still, so yeah. I was looking through, like, my old journals and just trying to think about, like, the conversations and the people that have, like, shaped me and the moments that, like, punctuated my adolescence. I'm 20 now, but it's, yeah, it's going to be coming out in January. Wow. Um, which is nice. Oh, that's something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you think this album would have sounded different if this year hadn't been the way it was? Yeah, I mean, I think about this all the time. I definitely feel like the environment has such an impact on, like, the way you write and what you listen to. Mm. Um, So I definitely think it would have been different. I think also this year gave me proper time to, like, sit down and think about what I wanted to do. Yeah. Like, if the year had gone how it was supposed to go, I would have been, like, abroad for, like, most of the, the year. So maybe I wouldn't have had that time to be, like, introspective and just sit and think about it. So I guess it was maybe a blessing in disguise. Yeah. But yeah, we'll never know, I guess. Never, we'll never know. know. Yeah. <laughs> Might have been like a rock album. Maybe, yeah, it could have been. Could have been. Yeah. So what can we expect then from what's on the album? <laughs> it's like it's it's I want it to be a secret. I want I want you to like tell me what you think when you listen to it. Because okay. it's there's nothing that's like wild. Like yeah. you won't be like, Oh my god, what is she doing? <laughs> but like it's gonna it's like in the same vein, but I definitely feel like I've kind of evolved as an artist because, like, Cola, I wrote it when I was, like, 16 or 17 or whatever it was, like, as in it's been three or four years since those kind of songs. Yeah, so, yeah. so I've kind of grown as, as a human being and just listened to more music. So it's going to be, like, an expansion. I always so. find that strange. Like, it must be weird when music kind of comes out so much later than the time that you wrote it because yeah. you must feel quite almost disconnected with it or is that wrong? I mean, I think... There are instances where you feel disconnected. For, there are dis- instances, sorry, where, like, 
the meaning changes for you mm. like it's important in a different way or like you know I can imagine like with like love songs and stuff it's like with hindsight or with distance yeah from the actual time like your perspective of it changes all of that but I think you know I still love singing those older songs because certain people are discovering them for the first time so yeah. it's fresh for them um and I think you know I remember how I felt when I was writing it so I was gonna ask you because I know that your mum is French and yeah. you speak fluent French don't yeah you? do you think you'll ever release a song in French yeah I think I will I really I've been trying I've been practicing like because my grasp on it is very much like about having conversations with people rather than like, I haven't read many books mm. so like you know the idea of like finding metaphors or like having a grasp because you know you can speak a language but then being able to like write a song that is like beautiful and like makes sense yeah. it's like a whole other thing <laughs> but I definitely think I will yeah I love listening to songs in French. I think it's the most like beautiful Yeah, there's language. a smoothness to it. So we always ask everyone, um, mm-hmm. if you could change something about tomorrow, what would it be? If I could change something about tomorrow... This can be like within yourself, within your industry, within the world, like go as oh big or small as you want to go. I'm just going to go with first thought, best thought. Yeah. I think just for like the world to have more empathy. I feel like just people being less like judgmental of others and just like realizing that like everyone has their shit yeah like and everyone is people are just trying their best and you know if there was more empathy and like love for one another i just feel like it would just be better for everyone 100 percent. yeah that's really interesting someone else said that as well mm, nice we're oh, all desperate for some empathy yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think we can all do on like an individual level to help someone that's potentially going through an issue of mental health at the moment? Hmm. I think, like, being willing to just, like, listen. Yeah. Because I think we often have this tendency, not necessarily a bad thing, but when someone says, I'm going through this, and it's like, oh, yeah, that one time, like, I, did, I had the same thing, and, you know, like, you just get yeah. involved, and I think you've just got to, like, sit back and listen, and then maybe ask the other, just ask the other other person what what they need right now. I think it's just about that sense of open communication and allowing the person to tell you what they need from you. Like maybe they do need space, or maybe there's something small and specific that they need. Maybe there's something bigger. Um, but I so think true. just listening. Yeah, um, so important. Well, thank you so much, Arlo. Yeah, it's no. been so lovely to yeah, chat it's to been you. A <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much to Arlo. What an amazing artist and person she is. I'm so excited to listen to her new album when it comes out, so definitely check that when it's released in Jan. I know she's also recently announced her tour for next year, so all being well, hopefully we'll all get the opportunity to see her live as well. Next week, I'm speaking to the amazing portraiture, music and fashion photographer, Vicky Grout. Vicky will be talking about how she got into the industry as well as tips for others, so do keep an eye out for that episode dropping next week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do subscribe and rate it as it'll help more people to find us. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Vocal Girls Club and at TMRWMag. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week. <laughs>